Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This, of course, is the TS Radio Network. And all of these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Grassroots Whistleblower Summit. Uh, We had a very successful run there this year, even though it was on Zoom. And apparently the people in Australia love us dearly. Thank you to everybody in Australia. I see some of you are signed in here. Now, my guest tonight is Marcia Southwick, and she's a director of the National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, and I've known her for many years now, and what we're going to be talking about is the origins of guardianship, and this goes back, I did a little research myself, this honest to God goes back to the Roman days, and it has always been a system, uh, although not populated by the parasites we've got today, but it has always been a system of Um, taking control of someone else and their assets. And in this country alone, up until, I believe it was 1920, women could not inherit property directly. Um, The law wouldn't let them. There had to be, be a man, an uncle, a husband, a brother, someone with male genitalia to handle whatever she was supposed to inherit. So she was at total mercy of whoever this person was. They could do whatever they wanted to with her estate, and they did. And when they finally passed the law here, I say early in the 1900s, allowing women to directly inherit, uh, there was a huge, huge battle here because men, of course, didn't want to let go of that control. And... Many people, you know, they immediately reverted to religion, and God said, and uh, no, he didn't, didn't say a damn thing about it. Anyway, um, but this is what we're going to be talking about. In recent history, I remember uh, Bill Clinton at one point talking about the Indian tribes and how the government needed to view them as they would a, a, a guardianized child. He, the, the, the government needed to look at them as their guardian. I don't think they're interested and but i you know this to plant this in the public's mind you know that it was a guardianship uh, with all of that goes with that situation what is that <laughs> is that your dog <laughs> yeah sorry about that <laughs> that's all right these these are what I call home shows, and we've had yeah. kids crying and <laughs> dogs barking. Exactly, cats exactly. Meowing, you know, 
you know, yep. so that's just where we are. Everyone, this is Marcia Southwick, and she's been on Hi. with us before. Done a tremendous amount of work and works hard for NASCA. And so this is, like I say, what we're going to be discussing. But this, the history of this goes back 2,000 years, and it has morphed into this horrendous system of human trafficking for profit that goes on. I'm going to reiterate again. I know you're tired, but I'm going to keep saying it till you understand it. Probate is only supposed to deal with the subject matter after death has occurred. They are only supposed to determine whether the will, the, the estate was intestate or testate, meaning with the will or without. And then they are supposed to make sure that the beneficiaries receive their inheritance. And that is only, only their job. Now, here about 20 years ago, somebody realizing they were missing a golden opportunity to rob and steal a bunch of money, almost every state simultaneously moved guardianship out of the civil court. Now, in the civil court dealing with law, they had to produce evidence. They were forced to go by the rules of evidence and the code of civil procedure. And they are dealing with a living, breathing human being. And let me do not refer to yourself as a person. In the law, if you are a person, you are a, an entity, a thing. You are always the, the living, breathing man or woman. And don't call your children child because you just conveyed ownership of that child to the state. Um, the, the word trickery in the law is, it's called word art, is absolutely staggering. But they had to get these people out of and away from the law and into what is now a civil tribunal. And this tribunal system exists outside of the law. It, it doesn't adhere to the Constitution or your rights. And I don't care how many times they say, oh, we allow due process, allow being the operative there. No, you don't. Uh, there is no, no due process. There is no trial by jury. You can't even ask for one. And that person sitting up there is not a judge of the law. Again, judge has a specific meaning, means someone charged with dealing with the law, okay? The person up there is a hearing examiner or a ministerial clerk, and they are being paid by the state and by maybe some of these other agencies and these parasites that are operating uh, to deliver certain verdicts. Now then, this, this was done, and the very first thing that happens to the individual now when they are taken into this probate tribunal is they are deprived of their legal capacity, the meaning the right to their own life, their own identity, and to make self-determination, you know, the, the way of their life. They are deprived of their human capacity. And this is how then they say, well, probate, you know, we are. We're just dealing with, with the will and the trust and everything because what they're not telling you is that person has been declared a thing, okay, when they stripped them of their legal capacity, they stripped them and they became a thing within the tribunal. And the other thing they take from them is what's called legal agency. And that is their right to conduct their own business, to contract. Uh, we have people in government saying that everything we do is contract on one level or another. So this is the other thing they strip from them is the right um, 
you know, to conduct their own business is basically what that gets down to. But it has always been a system since the beginning, always been a system of one person availing themselves of someone else's assets, regardless of how miserable and tortured they may make the other person's existence. So this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And with that, Marcia, I'm going to turn this over to you and oh, great. take it away. Okay. Well, yes. I've been just taking a look at, you know, I really didn't know uh, about guardianship and the Native American tribes that, uh, you know, the five civilized tribes and the Osage, you know, after the Trail of Tears in the, you know, 1800s, and they moved out to uh, Oklahoma, and there were land allotments so that everybody had a plot of land. They kind of wanted to break up the tribal feeling and and have uh, Native Americans learn more about ownership and all this kind of stuff. Well, when Oklahoma became a state, that was about uh, 1907, Indians had been uh, wards, a, a war of wards of the federal government, basically. They were treated as wards. But then they gave it all over to the state, to small probate courts in counties. So suddenly, all these guardians are running around getting guardianship over all of these Native Americans. And um, in, in the 1920s, uh, these allotments had a lot of oil on them. And that's when it really, really intensified, especially for the Osage. When the Osage, because they actually owned their land as, as both as a tribe and individually, they, they shared the land, uh, the mineral underneath, the mineral rights among all of them, and then they had plots of land on top of that. So what happened is suddenly all these oil companies you know, Getty and Sinclair and all these uh, oil companies were out there when oil was struck and all these uh, probate courts starting put, started quickly putting guardianships on all of the Indians. So, you know, you had, they were, they were actually different, you know, the, allot, the allotment made it so you registered as a full breed and your lands were restricted and if you were half breed or part black or part white or whatever, your lands weren't restricted. So the lands that weren't restricted uh, ended up being sold right out from under people. But the Osage held on. They collected all these royalties from the oil. I mean, they were, in 1920, they were the richest uh, per capita community in the nation. And there were all these stories about how the Osage had uh, all these fancy 11 cars each and, you know, they built mansions and wore diamond studded shoes and, you know, all these things, which were kind of over the top, obviously. But the jealousy that started to occur for these making so much money in one year, and the Osage was only, there were only a couple of thousand um, members, and they, they in one year they made four hundred thirty million dollars from just their oil royalties, and so what started to happen was uh, the probate court judges 
there were, you know, I forgot how many, 40 judges, up the insane amount of judges in the Indian territories, both including the, the five civilized tribes and the Osage. But so the probate court judge, uh, and it's described, there's a wonderful document uh, uh, written, it's an investigation done in 1924 of some of this graft, and it's explained that the judges, it's going to sound familiar, the judges are elected every two years and they want to be elected, so they make deals with guardians and lawyers, and one of the deals goes like this, you, uh, uh, if you pay me $30,000, I'll give you this guardianship, and then you'll get your 30000 very quickly back, right? So there was a lot of that going on, and the other thing is that the, the guardians, well, the money came from the Department of the Interior, I believe, and then they would get the money, but then they wouldn't really account for it. You know, they would, they would uh, it, same thing, these ridiculous expenses they charged, and there's some logs of it, and, you know, it's $300,000 a year to take care of, uh, you know, one Native American. It's ridiculous. And uh, so, it, and they would, steal the royalties uh they would if the state was sold they'd they'd do the same thing where they sell it for very little right and then there's an arrangement going on behind the scenes where somebody buys it and sells it again for a much higher price all the same things that we hear about today with real estate right and then in uh in in osage county um it turned out that there was a there was a, many members of this area collaborated together to conspire to take Native American land, and there was one guy who was a guardian. He was a businessman and kind of a sheriff type in this town, and he got this his nephew to marry. A uh, an Osage woman who was very wealthy. I mean, millions and millions and millions in royalties. And gradually, they plotted to kill off her entire family, so that and then her, so that he, this white guy who married her, the nephew of this guy named William Hale, uh, so that they would have. Then they would all have the land. Well. So one by one, her family, this woman's name, Molly Burkhart, her family, her sister dies in a, what looks like a car accident. Um, another sister dies in a, an explosion. Then another brother dies, and they're all dying off, you know, and she's begging for some help to get this investigated. So she hires her own private eyes. They try to do something about it. They're killed. I mean, and then an oil man tries to go to Washington to to describe it, and he's killed. And so finally, um, the federal government comes in, and guess who? Guess who was the investigator? You'll never believe it, J. Edgar Hoover. So J. Edgar oh, Hoover. Wow. This is before the FBI. This is before the FBI has really been established. It was established mainly because of this case, because. He developed all these new uh, techniques like fingerprints and keeping records. He got a lot better at keeping records than anybody had. So 
this was how the FBI came about. But uh, so they did this, they did this investigation, and they ended up finding that 26 Osage had been mysteriously died from poisoning or shootings, or or you know other things, and that it was all to, for guardians to collect their land and guardians and lawyers and others to collect the lands. Well, there's this wonderful book that this man named David. Uh, Gran, I think its name is, he wrote it in 2015 where he goes back, he knows about this story, but he goes back and he really researches it. And then after the case is over, he decides, I mean, you know, after he wrote about the case, cases, he decided, I want to go meet the descendants of these folks who were killed and of the folks who killed them. So he goes to Osage County and he meets the daughter, the daughter of the white guy uh, who was trying to kill everybody, right? The descendants of those people and the descendants of Molly Burkhardt's family. And it's fascinating because he goes around and he digs up. They all have records. They have records of all this stuff that was never turned over to anyone official, you know, and then he, and he goes to the he goes to the national records you know in Washington D.C. to find out more, and he discovers more stories told by families seen in the records, and he discovers one he discovers this one notebook I've forgotten where he does it's a ledger of guardians and their wards, and it's for a short period of time like a couple of years. And you, he, the guardian would be listed, and then there'd be like five wards, and beside them it would be dead, 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 dead. He came across many of these, and came up with the conclusion that probably hundreds of Osage were killed by these people wanting their land. So that's the guardianship system for you in those days. Wow, wow, and yeah. you know, and that's the thing too. It was, it was like I say, this goes back. This whole thing goes back, yes. uh, actually, hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Oh, sure. And it was yeah. particularly initially directed at women, and but it was all on the same basis of people being incompetent or insane. Right. They called them insane, right. and so you know, it, it. But it it has always been there, but. Uh, as I had said, you know, as we see it now, it's been tweaked severely <laughs> by, you know, mostly the Bar Association and that bunch. And then you have these predators running in it. Um, that Their only interest, you know, Marsha, I've watched this and I've seen some of these like that Mary Rowan up in Detroit. It's got yeah. over 1,700 quotes. How can you How can that be? How can, they, how can they possibly yeah. do that? That's crazy. Yeah, That's, you can't see some horrible. of them, much less all of them. And, you know, to do this, this is obviously for profit. And I think it, this is one of the most shameful things that uh, goes on in our country among many things. But I think it's one of the most shameful things, this predatory business. And I think it exposes, you know, for all the uh, religious pandering that goes on and who God loves and who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. 
we are not a Christian nation at all. We are a pack of wolves, um, as near as I can tell. And you well, know, it just, it's just like so, the wolves. What's so impressive to me is I, I, you know, I keep thinking, you know, I mean, I know there are good guardians out there, but when you look at this, the history of Native American guardianship. They? Yeah, I know. I know. I have asked. For I know. I know. Where are they? I haven't heard Bring from one. I have yet to see them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That, no, don't, don't qualify it with, with that because that's, there aren't any. I have not seen one uh, of these professionals who was not the dirt on your shoe. Not one. And I keep telling people, uh, they always say, well, you know, I know they're not all bad. No, you don't know that because we haven't got one that isn't. No, well, we one. don't Nobody's have proof. One. That, wait a minute. We don't have proof that all guardians are bad. We don't. We don't have proof of that. Really? Do we? No. We Do don't have proof there that every proof? one of them's bad. Huh? I'm not saying, I'm not defending guardian abuse, but I'm saying we don't really know who, who's out there. We know the bad ones, though, and the bad ones are, I mean, the bad ones are so bad. Prolific. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. Pro- yeah, it is prolific. I agree with that totally. Yes. But um but anyway, but, go ahead. But when Marcia. you see what but when you see the the Native American situation uh with the Osage, you just it just makes your skin crawl when you f- realize how incredibly uh well, I think it's a matter of when someone doesn't have rights, they're just not people. They just didn't think of the yeah. of of them as people. And I think that's still true today well, of words. That, that well, you know, I, I know that that's what Brittany feels. Brittany feels she's not a person. Yes. She felt like she was dead. And I think that yes. that's really kind of the way, the way it is, you know, the way it, it, it unless you, we can get our rights back. Um, I don't know. There's, well, I as long as you don't have your rights, you're said, in oh, trouble. Yes. Says, oh yeah. yeah, here we go again with the poor Indians. They're savages, every one of them. And uh, no, they're not. What? Um, let me tell you about the poor Indians. Uh, in, during Bush one, they sent the Red Cross to the reses in the Dakotas, supposedly doing welfare checks and this and that and something else. And they sterilized forty-five percent of the women women before anybody caught on to what they were doing. And they said, oops, and they left. In 2010, uh, when the swine flu epidemic that wasn't was flying around, I did a mm-hmm. bunch of research for a lobbyist for the tribes about the vaccines and everything else. And I had told them, "Don't take these vaccines. Don't mm-hmm. don't do it." I said, "Whatever is going on, this will take the number of you down. Don't do it." I had two of the chiefs contact me and said that I was. Uh, you know, fear-mongering and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, about a month after that, a semi-load of rubber body bags was delivered to the reservation by mistake. And coming right Holy behind them was the Red Cross with the vaccines. And oh so this, of course, spread like wildfire. And the... the <laughs> The lobbyist called me, and his name was Ken, and he said, I think you just saved a bunch of lives. And he said that truck accidentally dropped that load there. It wasn't supposed to go there. It was supposed to go to the terminal. And he dropped it oh at the goodness. res. And he said, 
if it wasn't for that, we probably would be packing people in bags now. And so, but this is the whole thing, but this is when Clinton came out and said that about, you know, we have to look at them like wards, you know, we have to look at them as, you know, we're, we're, they're guardians and everything. They don't need guardians, fool. They need you to leave them alone. And, um, but this is, and this, what you're talking about, this theft of land because there were mineral rights and everything attached this doesn't surprise me a bit. Not a bit. Yeah, I mean, and, it was, uh, it was so flagrant. It's just yeah. so flagrant, you know. And and these murders are just going on and on. And they were also going on among the, the five civilized tribes. Uh, when, so, what do you mean so, by that, Marcia? When you say the five Oh, that five means civilized uh, the tribes. five civilized They were called the five civilized tribes because they were the Native Americans in the uh, southeast who the creek, the, mm-hmm. the Chicksaw, the um, who else? Yeah. The Seminole. Uh, I'm forgetting Hopis. two. Huh? Yeah. Oh, Cherokee. Isn't it the Hopi? Isn't it the... Creek. Yep. I think Creek. Yeah. Anyway, so they were they were called the five civilized tribes because they were the most integrated uh, with the whites. I mean, they had sort of adapted okay. to the society more so than other tribes. So that's why they were called civilized. Okay. It's an American, yeah, yeah, isn't that awful? That's a derogatory term, but that's what they were called. So they were booted from uh, beautiful lands in Southeast and uh, moved out to Oklahoma. And and there were a lot of these parcels of land, right? The Osage Uh were a little bit later, I think, and they were from Uh Kansas, from the Plains, and and they uh, they had a couple of moves before they settled in Oklahoma. And what they did is they said, well, you know, let's choose the rockiest, crappiest land we can find here right. in Oklahoma so the whites won't bother us. Mm-hmm. Well, those were the very lands yeah. that ended up having all this oil under it. So yeah. then they got nabbed. But, I mean, well, the culture was, like was a- so different. The culture was so different that um, – you know, they, they really didn't want these allotments. They said, we just want to own right. our land together the way we always have. We don't need this. And the OCS yes. put up a real stink about it. But then yeah. they finally, you know, had to acquiesce. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it's totally against what they believed, you know. And all, yes. so everything was imposed on them. And they didn't understand any of the white laws because, they, right. you know, they, they had, had tribal laws. And so right. it was really confusing. All this was really confusing. And the guardians just took huge advantage of it. It was just disgusting. Yes, it is. Um, the Osage were also in southern Missouri. Uh, my mother used to yes. own land yes. down there. And, yeah, uh, that's right, near the Ozark. Beach, beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. the Osage Beach area, the White yep. River. That's right. And uh, which is almost non-existent now because they're diverting all the water at Fort Leavenworth out west for the yeah. uh, mining. So it just, I don't know, this whole thing, and like I say, and I oh, was and looking at other, it from the angle, Marcia. Oh, oh, go ahead. The other, thing that, go ahead. the other thing that happened was a lot of children, um, especially with the five civilized tribes, I think there were 60,000 kids who either – inherited land or had land and those kids i mean what they did to them they'd get guardianship over them and this one woman who traveled in that area wrote at the time 
in the 20s that she found these kids. They were living in, in the hollow of a tree, and they were, you know, they had no clothes. They were just like wild, wild creatures living in the woods. Meanwhile, they had tons of money in, in the hands of a guardian who was miles and miles away. It took her six weeks to get a yeah. hold of this guardian. You know, and, and he was just exploiting all the royalties, all of their income, and gave them something like $2 a week, you know, something insane. Oh, and my God. The other thing that they did that was really awful was um, they, they had – the guardians had relations with bankers, okay? So the bankers loved to have uh-huh. their money. And what they would do right. is they would take the ward's money and they would loan it out to people. They'd lend it to their friends, they'd lend it to the bank, and they'd collect interest on that money while the, the ward takes all the risk, right, if anything happens. Yeah. And the other thing that they did was they required that their wards could only shop at one merchant. So that merchant was really dependent on the guardians, right? Wow. So it was like this system where... Yeah. They they cooperated with one another because everybody was getting a little something out of it. Uh-huh. So uh, you know it's pretty it's pretty sad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was reading here today. It says um, since the system was introduced to American law in the 1600s, Jiminy, thousands and thousands of guardianships have been established, managed, and closed. And this person goes on to say it is disconcerting to find that almost nothing has been written about guardianship arrangements and how they worked in different periods. And, That's right. Uh, it just, yeah. It's shocking. Uh, I've been looking all yes. over to find out. Uh, uh, one thing I did find out that was fairly interesting was that uh, a lot of the five civilized tribes, they had slaves. They had black slaves and stuff, a lot of these mm-hmm. tribes. But they treated them... Uh, they didn't treat them as slaves. They integrated into their tribes, and um, and they received land too. And those, you know, there were unrestricted lands and restricted lands. The restricted lands belonged to the full-blooded Indians. This is according to the way they did it in the government, right, uh-huh. the way they did the allotments. And then the freedmen, freedmen and the mixed people, uh, Indians who had mixed with whites or something like that, they were basically uh-huh. considered a little more competent than the full-blooded Indians. So they weren't quite as subjected to all this, and they didn't restrict their lands from sale the way they did uh, full-blooded Indians. Wow. And so they got robbed right away. I mean, everything there is today, 90% of the lands that they owned, the, the uh, non-full-blooded Indians, was, was taken in, within a few years. Wow. It's insane. And then, of course, they lifted the restrictions on the full-blooded Indian lands, as they call them, and uh, then put the guardianships into the probate courts in Oklahoma, and that's what finished them off. Because then the graft was incredible. You know, and and they just made all these arrangements. I'm trying to think. There are other arrangements, too. It was a whole system that involved the whole community. I don't know how to describe that, but everybody was somehow okay. involved. And anybody who was involved in making money from these guardianships uh, allowed it to happen. So, you yeah. know, 
Oh, wow. <sighs> it yeah. just, it's, well, and see, and, and they've just transferred this over and expanded it, you know, across the board. Uh, the women especially, and I've noticed this in the cases we deal with, I would say a good 75% of all of these cases we deal with are women. They're elderly women, and they're easy pickings. And uh, well, there are men, funny. of course, that this happens to. What? Yeah, this this is really interesting. You know, somebody called me, and it was a student doing a thesis, and she wanted to show that more women were were abused in guardianships than men. So I went through like uh-huh. a thousand of our letters, just like maybe a year's worth. Right. And it wasn't that way. It didn't, the figures didn't add up that way. And I kept trying to figure it out. Really? And I finally realized that we had a ton of cases that were uh, disabilities, you know, oh. people with disabilities. And that's equal. They'll take boys or girls. Okay. They don't want to, you know yeah. what I mean? But but when yes. it comes to elders, that's got to be right. It's got to be. I mean, yeah. for one thing, women live longer than men. You know. Yes. They outlive and usually their husbands. It, when they're they because yeah, that was what I was going to say. When they're an elderly woman, usually she's single, and she is a prime yeah. target. And yep. Uh, yep. you know, it, it just I no, I noticed that very thing in hospice also. It is, I yeah. would say, a good 80% of the time, women who are taken out, who are pre, you know, yeah. uh, preemptively taken, you know, for a ride. Um, yeah. It's mostly women. And I think you know, the key to it is what you just said, Marcia, the longevity. Women tend to live longer. And, but, and maybe not. I don't and know. Also, I can't figure also, that, but I... I think it's also a sexist thing that women can't take care of themselves. Yes. They're so frail and, and right. helpless. Yeah. They need us to take care yeah. of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they do. <laughs> the hell, yeah. The hell we do. Yeah. You're talking to the wrong Like that's going to that happen. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. oh, you know how they, you know how they killed some of the Indians not to be detected? Oh, the doctors. That's the other thing. Doctors and yeah. undertakers were in on it, too, because the undertakers could see the bullet in the head, you know, and they wouldn't report yeah. it. And they would just and they would not do any autopsies or anything like that. So they would just uh-huh. bury whoever died. And they the doctors also were, were responsible for handing out the poison when these uh, a lot of a lot of them were at least all the members of this one woman's family were all poisoned with strychnine. Which is horrible. Oh wow! Horrible way to go. Yeah. The description of the symptom. Yeah. And then the other thing that they did was they would they would uh, take a take a get some whiskey, hang out with Native American, and uh, and they didn't even want whiskey. They wanted to keep the prohibition. They did not want to have right. whiskey. But anyway, they had it. Yes. These guys would get it, and then they would. Uh, inject heroin under their arm and overdose them. Oh, wow. And then it would be classified oh as a, a drunken, you know, yeah, alcohol yeah. poisoning. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I know several digging of the further into this, digging Go further ahead. into this, it's, it's the prevalence of it at that time was yeah. just 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. There were like 4,000 guardians in, in one town. You know, I mean, crazy. Oh, my God. attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Coalition of the I think predators. I'm exaggerating, but I'm exaggerating, yeah, but there were hundreds saying. and hundreds of these guardians around. And, yeah. Uh, well, they and they would do the same cultures. thing. They do. Yeah, and yeah. then they, and they did as as they do now is do it behind the person's back would go and say, oh, they need my mm-hmm. help, and uh, then yeah. snare them that way. Yeah. Just, well, and of course, the other thing is too. Uh, you know, uh, there's family members that you know represent a danger to them. We've got to protect them from their their own family, and that is right. rarely the case. And but you know, know that's one of the. I know. Uh, methods of operation is pitting the family, wedging the family and pitting them against one another. But uh, yeah. yeah, this is just uh, this whole thing. Uh, and apparently the government is looking at all of us as wards. And um, yeah, feels like it, doesn't it? I'm, I'm not even know, going outside yeah. my house right now. I mean, I feel yeah. like a ward, uh, you know, a ward of the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, and through but, all of this, you know, we discussed here the other week uh, that free bill that came out, Chris put out. Yeah. And it, there was nothing in it, you know, absolutely, absolutely not one word in it referring to professional predators, not one. But there was yeah. nothing in that bill, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Let me say About again, right nothing. Or, yeah. And nothing. Um, the, the one... The one thing that really puzzled me about it was says that, you know, I was kind of excited when I read, wow, they'll get money to the states, you know, but the money to yeah. the states is conditional upon whether or not that state has a database established already. So I thought the purpose was to establish those databases. Yes. So I don't get that. I don't yeah. get that well, at see, all. Yeah, well, see, and that's it. <laughs> um that's the thing. This has been a point of contention for more than 40 years. And you're telling me the well, states don't collect. Every time you go into a court of law, there is a record of it. And everything being computerized now, yeah, collecting yeah. stats on how many people are in probate yeah. at any given time. Yeah, there's got to be more information. The flip of a switch. Yes. Yeah, so there's more. It, there's more information. Out the there. I agree. Who make a point of not collecting any stats, so they say, but somehow the Government Accountability Office publishes this report every two years talking about guardianship. So somebody's collecting something somewhere. But this, we don't collect anything on That's the state's business. You're a liar. You're keeping track of people on Social Security. You're you're keeping track of your Social Security, Medicaid. Medicaid, there's always a thing. Do you have a guardian or whatever? You know, it's always the guardian signing. Yep. So, yes. So there's more information and, uh, and out there. The that... Oh yeah, they've got more information than we've got, and um, yeah. but it's it's a way for them to feign. Uh, I didn't know. Well, nobody told me. I had no. Yeah. Well, it's probably just an isolated incident. No, it isn't. And even if it was, why aren't you up in arms about it? And, right. Um, but this is. You know, uh, this whole system is set up. It's it's legalized racketeering, and it's set up the people that organize the what we call the guardianship mafia are the attorneys and the judges, and uh, and they let this stuff fly. 
And I don't think there is a judge in this country that should still be sitting on the bench. I don't. And I think there's probably many, many thousands of attorneys that should be in prison. I truly believe right. that. And, uh, right. you know, the families but have been so wiped out by me is for anybody to say there aren't problems in guardianship. Do you look at this Native American history, there's no doubt in your mind that that system did great, great harm to many people, hundreds and thousands of people, and ruined their lives. So when somebody says, look, this guardianship, if if somebody says this guardianship ruined my family, my family's life, they're not kidding. You know, yeah. they should be taken yeah. seriously. Well, look at the so, people out east, like in Pennsylvania and areas that um, we're getting what they call a mailbox check every month because they were drilling on yeah. their land, so they got a percentage of the proceeds. And look at the number of them that ended up in a guardianship. And, uh, oh, really? You know, they, they do this? this. Oh, yes. This has been this over the last oil? seven years. Yes. Uh, they're called mailbox that. checks. You, this comes all over the country wherever they're drilling and okay. everything else. If they're drilling yeah. on your land or under it, mm-hmm. you're entitled to yeah. a percentage of the proceeds. So you get what's right. called every month a mailbox check. These yeah. can be quite sizable. And yeah. out in Pennsylvania, when they were fighting over water rights and everything out there here about six, seven years ago, it um, because they didn't want them running pipelines under their waterways and everything, just like the up in the Dakotas, they're fighting that yeah. XL pipeline. And so here it came out that many of these people were supposed to be getting mailbox checks, but they had been guardianized or put in conservatorship. And they weren't getting their money at all. They were losing their property. And, of course, it got sold to the highest bidder, who was the only person who knew about the sale. Right. Pennies on the dollar, you know. And uh, this is such a racket, and it's running wide open, Marcia. There's no attempt to hide this at all. There is no yeah, it's effort getting, whatsoever. It appears, yeah. Well, yes. I'll tell you, back back then in Osage County in the 20s, nobody was hiding it either. It was so, it was so flagrant. It was just so flagrant, unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, well, see, back and, you then, know, they they were doing that to the Indians, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they're doing it towards, so it doesn't matter. Anybody who doesn't have their rights yeah. doesn't matter. So it's right. really not that different. Right. And no, it uh, it's just so shocking. And there'd just be these stories of these kids who were, uh, you know, they'd have inherited rights. And as they, as they, they changed the law so that as they had to wait till they came of age, I think, or something, 18, or if yeah. you're a girl, 21. They, these guardians would go to the schools. You know, they, a lot of the kids were in boarding schools. They would mm-hmm. go to the school and just be really nice to the kid, you know, and say, why don't, you know, uh-huh. you don't know what you're going to do. Why don't you just, you can come stay with us. And then the kid would get raped and guardianized and mistreated. Yeah. And some of the stories about that are just <laughs> insane. Just awful. No. Kids were starved. Well, you know, they were just left on the land to starve, uh, you know, while the guardian collected all the royalties, you know, just, just obscene, really obscene. And then, well, and you know, people would come in and investigate, it. and it's the same as today. People would come in to investigate and go, oh, no, this is awful. 
and then they go to the federal government, they go to Congress, they get it changed, but then it would nothing. Then it would somehow revert back, you know. They and they'd make appeals, they'd make little changes. I've forgotten what some of them are. I can pull them up, but you know, they'd make a change that seemed like it was pretty good. They they had agents coming in. That's right. They had agents coming in to supervise the guardianships at one point, and uh, and then that faded out. It's just the same kind of thing that happens today where you think change is going to happen, and then it just gets worse, you know, but maybe. Well, you know, one of the big excuses I hear all the time about why these probate courts are so corrupt and it's just because, you know, they don't have the funds uh, to audit these accounts. Well, who creates a court system and doesn't adequately fund it? This was intentional. This yeah. was intentional. But they don't mention the from Title 20 Social Security, the block grants they get. And yeah. this can be in many, 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 many millions of dollars. And yeah. a large portion of it earmarked. For elder services, well, I would think having cases audited would be an elder service. And um, right, but they they don't do it. Uh, I had a yeah, they just typed in off the mic. I had a the staffer for one of the representatives. I was trying to push a bill of abolishing probate, putting people back in the civil court under the law. And mm-hmm. she said, "Oh, we can't do that. That's absolutely insane." She said, "Probate saves the state millions of dollars every year." I said, no, sweetie, you got it backwards. Probate makes the state millions of dollars every year. Right. I said, there is a vast difference. How could probate possibly save the state millions of dollars? Yeah, right. But just if you'd heard the howl and scream that came up out of the people I contacted up there with this bill to abolish probate back under the law and the constitution, holy cow, you'd have thought I had everybody by the short hairs. Um, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. When and was you know, that? When that did you do that? Uh, two years ago. Two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah? I don't remember that. Yeah. That's interesting. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I put Joyce Lacey with the Lacey Foundation, uh, June Lacey oh, Foundation. Right. Yes. Her daughter, yeah, Joyce, she helped me present it. And, uh, oh, they threw a fit. Threw it absolutely. I, I thought a couple of them stroke out. And uh, but yeah. oh no, they they absolutely, they absolutely couldn't. Oh no, my God, they just couldn't do anything. Why they just Can't couldn't do anything like courts, that? I, please, no. Yeah, no. Uh, no, we can't. But you know, Marcia, this all gets down to is is all of these kids in foster care that they've snatched out of their homes. And yeah. while there might not be an estate attached to them, many times if they have a disability, there's money attached to that. Sure. But these kids might, but they are worth a fortune in the foster care system, and even more right. if they can be forcibly adopted out. And it's a system of human trafficking. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. The, you know, well, we're the pro- it's what we always say. We, you know, you've become, you've become the product. We've become the product. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they, I can't help but feel, up, for example, if I have to get some booster shot, it's only because they want to make some more money using me yes. as a way to get it. Yep. And I just And if you fall over dead, too bad for you. I we're getting paid anyway. Yep. What's that? Yep. I yeah, said if just, you fall over dead, too bad for you because they're getting paid anyway. Whether yeah, you live, right. die or survive. But that's what I keep telling people. 
We have been commodified. They are buying, selling, yeah. and trading us. Us. Yeah. When the president, not this one, um, but when presidents have referred to us as the um, greatest product, the most valuable product we have in this country is its people. Well, yeah, because yeah. you're, you're, we're just... We're just a step away from the auction block, you know. Uh, yes, and we're we're on a par with people. corporations. And pe- corporations are people too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I say. Don't refer to yourself as a person uh, because yeah. that has a distinct meaning in the law, and it's an entity, a thing. Okay. Yeah. You are always the living thing, man or woman. And uh, yes. don't let them take your humanity from you and put yourself by your language into their system. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, it's been a lesson. You know, I saw something here recently uh, with this COVID faked up crap about uh, some doctor supposedly wrote about people second guessing uh, medical specialists when they have no education, the person criticizing them. Have no idea. But see, here's the thing. What he was complaining about, in essence, was that people had started mm-hmm. researching and learning and That's going right. to other yeah. experts who have a different opinion. Yeah. Just like with the law, nothing pisses off a judge worse than a pro se litigant. Right. And many times right. they are far better than any attorney. Yeah. And yeah. But that we have had to take this on. Now, I have a have a double-sided feeling on all this. On the one hand, I think it's a shame that we have to do this because these people are supposedly trained and supposed to be the expert. But on the other yeah. hand, I I believe in getting all the education on everything that you can. Absolutely, uh, and you're not going to get it from mainstream press. You're just not. It's so wound up tight no. now. Uh, it's yeah. just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, I just had Crazy. a, uh, which shocked me to death. I've been on LinkedIn for more than 10 years and have quite a huge following on there. Mm-hmm. And But I had an article taken down. They sent me a thing, and it was by a op, op-ed writer on my site. And it was about how the, those that are vaccinated should be isolated. They should be segregated because they're spreading whatever it is they were infected with. They <laughs> yeah. admitted this. Yeah. You know, yes, they know. are spreading whatever they were. Yeah. So he had written this article and he said they need to be kept out of public spaces. They need to be kept, yeah. you know, out of theaters and restaurants <laughs> and bars and malls and all of this. And they should be kept off of flights so that they don't carry whatever they're spreading to someplace else and everything. And they took the article down and said it violated their legal policy. Wow. So I wrote, and I said it was an opinion piece that attacked no one. It did not incite yeah. or call for violence. Right. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it's an opinion piece. And I've seen numerous pieces on here about how the you know, the unvaccinated should be, you know, they shouldn't be able right. to shop or do Round anything. it up. And, you had oh, yeah. Remember that. Don Lennon? Don Lemon saying, yeah. uh, what was it? He said, no shoes, no service, no vaccine, yeah. no school, no restaurant, no yeah. Baseball yep. game, no, you know, and he went on and on. Yep. He's he's really something yep. else. But you know, yep. Carnegie Mellon well, came out with a study that you know it debunked this idea that people who question the vaccine do it only because they're right wing idiots or something, or they're you know uneducated. Yeah. And it turned out yep. that there were plenty of PhDs who had that vaccine yep. hesitation. 
which I thought was interesting. Yes. Well, see, and then you look so, at all these hospitals and nursing homes where their staffs are walking out the door because they yeah. will not take this vaccine. That one hospital down there in Texas lost 150 people. And, uh, Did it really? But they wow. Won't. Yes. And they said almost every hospital in the country is running short-staffed and uh, because they they won't they won't take this thing and you take a clue there <laughs> when these people are what I don't it, like don't about do it, it is you know I thought when I got the vaccine that it was going to last forever like polio vaccine yeah. well then six months it lasts six months and then you're going to expect me to do this again really I mean I don't yeah. know well, I'm going to that's just I want to tell you, John LeCron brought up something Monday night, and I've worked a lot with genetically modified crops and things, and the way yeah. they get away with that is that you cannot patent anything that occurs naturally. And right. So what they went in was they changed the plant's genetic structure and said, this is a new creation and it's ours, and they patented it, yeah. and they own it. And John said, what do you think they're doing with the people that got this vaccine? They are now owned by that us. pharmaceutical company. Yeah, yes. we're pa- and they we're can do what they pat- want with you. Yep. Oh, and he said, this is exactly what they're doing. He said, they are changing your DNA so you are a new creation. You weren't in your uh, oh, you know, normal existence. And he said, now you are property. And he yeah. said... Uh, he said, this is going to come back to bite us. And he said, because they're going well, to claim you know, I don't change think your they, DNA. I, think I, do, I do think in the future that's, you know, if this keeps going on, it's got, it's just not, I, I think for now we're not microchipped yet. You know, I don't think we're, I think they're just mm-hmm. getting us used to the idea that they're in control, you know. Yeah. That the big pharmaceutical yeah. companies and big tech, they're in control and we're not. And we have yes. to obey. That's the hard part. Yes. And I think at some point you yes. got to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? This vaccine only works for six months. Now there are breakthrough cases. And I, yes. you know, I took this thing, you know, because I, I, I just, ugh, anyway, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a well, tough one. But, my, yeah, it's the issue. My, it's like it's yeah. your friend Chris said, but our Australian friend. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it's like guardianship in a way, you know, the, yeah. this situation um, with the vaccine and mandating. And well, the, 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 there's cases being filed, charges being filed for medical neglect, medical malpractice, and failure to treat. And this hit home here this last week. My ex-husband, my kids' dad, Vietnam veteran, um, had a spell where he couldn't hardly breathe, went to the doctor. Here his oxygen level is down low. Turns out he has a bad valve, heart valve, and he needs stents. So mm-hmm. it was severe enough that they ambulanced him into Atlanta to the hospital. Wow. They were going to do emergency surgery. He gets there. They give him a COVID test, said he's got COVID. That man was not sick, has not been sick. Uh, I couldn't tell you the last time he was sick. Uh, mm-hmm. But they said he had gave him a vaccine and sent oh, him wow. home. He was really? rushed back at two o'clock last night in the morning. 
He was rushed back to the hospital. His oxygen level dropped so low he passed out. Now, this is medical malpractice. And if I told my son if they bite off him, if something happens to him and they write down that he died of COVID, we're suing. And yeah. because that man was not sick, none of us have been sick. And, um, but it just, they're doing this to people all the time. And it's like those two counties out in California started going back through the death certificates uh, for the last year and said that as far as they had gotten, they weren't all the way done, that at least 30% of the people that were listed as having died from COVID, which, ka-ching, that's a $12,500 yeah. bonus, yeah, actually died of underlying causes. And then that um, university out of Brazil and that one out of mm-hmm. California uh, foia'd and got the CDC's records and about you know, what people had died from. And here, when they started going through these cases and examining everything, these people actually actually died from influenza A and influenza B. And, Marcia, you know, I hear people say, I had it, and it was terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever had. Uh-huh. And um, it was terrible. I, 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 I lost my sense of taste and smell, and it was terrible. Uh, I have sinus infections chronically, and I lose my sense of taste and smell all the time. Um, but basically what these people are describing, and CDC came out and said here a month ago, that they are not collecting flu stats this year because everything's being rebranded COVID. So oh, that's interesting, where we, yeah. Normally, yeah, where we normally have twenty six to 36,000 flu deaths a year, according to the CDC this year, it's vanished. And, um, but this constantly playing with people that, but like I say, this is a, this is not a effort to do anything for us. Vaccines have never helped anything. Never yeah. have they stopped. It doesn't disease. seem to be, have they? doesn't seem to be, yeah. I mean, maybe it prevents severe disease, but I don't think, I don't just don't see how that's going to hold up. I think this thing, one yeah. thing, for one thing, if you get the vaccine or if you get one vaccine, you probably allowed this thing to mutate around your vaccine. Yes. So, you know, yes. your normal immune system, I don't know what's going to happen to my immune system in six months, yes. you know, when this thing exactly. is no longer, am I going to be completely uh, devoid of of immune well, this battling, is what I, you know, to battle? What I think the, this is what I think the booster shots are, are about. And I'll call me cynical, yeah. but I think, well, if shot number one didn't work, we'll give you this one and see if that one takes you uh. And uh, I drew, yeah. they they are wanting rid of us. They especially if you're over sixty. I keep reminding people the only people you see dying are in nursing homes, hospice, and hospitals. Yeah, you've got Los Angeles with fifty nine thousand homeless people sitting dead in the middle of that city, and they don't have any plague going on. And we got yeah, that's massive well, homeless. Partly they're outside. They're outside, so that's good. You know, well, they, they were probably, mainly you outside. Know, but, you know, the, the chances of it, you know. Yeah, yes. right. And having said that, uh, every time I say something along those lines, I'm always scared that they'll think, oh, geez, we hadn't thought of that. Let's get them. Uh, but yeah. something else strange that's been happening is, uh, and I had this happen a couple nights ago. I was sitting outside about 2 o'clock in the morning smoking. And it's dark. It's quiet. And, of course, where I live, it's like living in the middle of a forest. And 
I heard this buzzing kind of noise, and then I heard beep, 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 beep. And I said, what is that? And I'm watching, and it's getting louder and louder, and I look up, and over the trees, I saw this last summer also, came drones. And I say this is about 2 o'clock in the morning. And from the street light, I could see some kind of mist coming out of the back of the drone. And I got up and ran in the house. And <laughs> just like here, they claim that 10,000, now get this, Marcia, 10,000 school children have tested positive for COVID. And what? everybody's falling down laughing. Yeah, that falling down laughing, going, where? Where are these sick kids at? Because there aren't any. And Daddy. if there are any sick kids, it's no more than normal. Um, oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. But they're lying about all of this. And well, they've I been think caught the biggest thing, yeah, the thing that really bothers me is uh, that there – or there's no pro- protocol. There, there's there are medications that can really help if you get it and you yes. treat it early on, and mm-hmm. like interferon and whatever I forgot the rest oh, of yeah. them, but there are a few. Ivermectin and ivermectin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're not even. Um, that's just not mentioned. Nobody. They just if you oh, get COVID, they just send you home. If you yeah, test yeah, for COVID, it. they don't. If you're a doctor, you get caught prescribing or recommending ivermectin or supplements like C, D, and zinc, mm-hmm. you just lost your license. Now, yeah. why would you do that? Why would you do that if there truly was because, a plague? And, because yeah, and if they, they cannot, they can't do emergency. Uh, isn't it right that they can't do an emergency action if only they can do an emergency action only if there are no other ways to help the disease or something like that, right? Right, true enough. But even under that, under U.S. code, even in an emergency situation, the government, either state or federal, does not have the right to shut down businesses, to interfere with your daily life, to do any of the things that they've been doing. And they cannot charge like the police department or National Guard, to enforce their edicts because they don't have the authority to do so. This is why they here two days ago approved that Pfizer and I believe the AstraZeneca vaccines. We have got almost 15,000 dead that they'll admit to. That's only 1% to 10% of the actual number it's estimated. Yeah. And over half a million permanently injured. And they and it doesn't mean more vaccines. Yeah, and it doesn't work, and they're spreading this variant. And the next variant to come is called Lambda. It's already planned on, so look for that one. Yeah, Uh, it's coming. So the thing about this, to take this back where we started out, I think what we're going to see as this progresses is a massive push in guardianship to seize as many of these estates as possible. You've got the perfect cover. Take these people out with the lie that they had covid and walk away with the goodies. I think you're going to see a massive push. And I think one of the reasons they are allowing this to happen and that they have allowed guardianship and all of this to go on is they want rid of us. They Anybody that's over 60, they want rid of us. As you hit 70 and older, 
you um, can't be extorted any longer for taxes in most cases. Not all, but in most. And so you're there to collect your Social Security that you've been paying into for 50 years, and they've already squandered it on something else. And they have no way to pay you back and never intended to. So the best thing to do is to get rid of you. So what are we seeing? We're seeing at least 70% of the people that are falling dead from this vaccine are elderly people. So I think there's going to be a gold rush in the guardianship industry getting as many of these people, especially if they have assets of any size, guardianized. So if they croak, they can just scoop everything up and walk away. That's what I think. That could make sense. I mean, hospitals already put guardianships on people if they can't find out where to put yes. them next. You know, so yes. that would be, that would be, yes. that. oh boy. And, uh, you know, I never <laughs> did check back on the state of Virginia. They were trying to get a bill passed out there last year. And I don't know how that came out where the hospitals had put in a bill that um, that if you were in the hospital, you lost all rights to make your own medical decisions. That was entirely up to the doctor. And you what? They were trying to get a bill. Yes, they were trying to get a bill passed. I'll have to check on that. Um, oh boy, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Well, look at that the people not that like will be in the hospital, and the doctor wants to, let's say, for instance, start chemo, and they say, "No, I don't want chemo. I'm not going to do that." They guardianize them, do it anyway. Big money oh, in boy. chemo. And you know, uh, yeah. But, you know, we see that kind of stuff all the time. But, <laughs> you know, if, if karma is a bitch, and I figure these people that do this for a living, they never stop to think that at some point in time somebody's going to look at them and think, damn, you stole all that stuff. I know you're rich. You need to be going. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to be the one to do Just, it. <laughs> Just yeah. unbelievable. I would. Well, what? I, you know, I'm disturbed too by the fact, you know, I was really looking around for more history of guardianships. I wanted to know much more about, yeah. you know, how it operated when it came. I guess it was adopted yeah. from England, right? I guess. Yes. Yes. Probably. Yes. And uh, yes. And I just, but there's nothing on it. I mean, even this huge, huge uh, period of history when there were all these guardians over all of these tribes and people in the tribes mm-hmm. you know nobody hears about that who knew i didn't know until yeah. i happened to come across it and exactly uh, well there is nothing and that's intentional also and the few papers you've seen out there about changing guardianship and all of this stuff <laughs> they're well written well researched and resourced but they go nowhere nobody pays any attention to that this is a money making racket and it is the greatest yeah. transfer of wealth that has occurred at any time and going to back what we were talking about earlier it most often and always was centered on women women could not inherit it's like you know yeah. I, I said to somebody i said mentioned this to him oh sure they can unless they're married and then their husband nah no, and you have to understand, why would their husband be able to overtake their inheritance? Ask yourself yeah. that. And right. Well, I don't know why. Let me explain. That whole marriage ceremony is based on an old Sumerian ceremony. It has nothing to do with God and being holy. It is a transfer of property. The husband or the father walks the girl in her white gown with a veil on her face. It was supposed to be the promise that she's untouched and pure walks her down the aisle in front of all their friends and 
the minister says, who gives this woman? Hi, her father do. At the end of the ceremony, it, they introduce Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. The child it is a change, a trade of title to that worthless yep. girl. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It is not holy matrimony that God sanctioned. And not, no, it isn't. This goes back. This is why um, it used to be girls, the family had to have a huge dowry in order to get somebody to marry her. In other words, take over ownership. And so they would give cows and pigs and goats and horses and this and that, whatever else they had. And, of course, she came with what was called a hope chest, and it had household linens and goods in it. And yeah, this was right. shown to the prospective groom to entice him into marrying her. See, she's coming with her own wealth. Right, And right, right. that has all ended for in favor of these big, lavish weddings put on the bride's family. Yeah, <laughs> it sometimes costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and that's the yeah. flash of bang to say See, it's worth marrying her. She comes from money, and um, right, right, right. But it is that's that's, that's well. There was a lot of that. A lot of a, a lot of what happened during to the to the Osage during that period mm-hmm. was uh, they they would target a either a bachelor or a woman who wasn't married who owned land, and they would. You know, somebody would go in there and marry him or her for the money. You know, for the and then uh-huh. have a. For example, there's one case, one case where a lawyer got this what they were they were called <laughs> flappers then, sort of a, a, a woman uh-huh. to go in and marry a very wealthy Native American. Uh, I've forgotten which tribe, and she did, and then they got divorced. She got lots of alimony and she shared it with the lawyer. That's another way they did things. Wow. <laughs> so, and then, just, oh, there, yeah. here's, here's a case. Here's a case. This was a guy named John Lewis, who was a Creek Indian. He was killed in an accident in 1924. And his, he had recently been receiving from his oil royalties this is amazing three hundred and eighty thousand dollars per month in income oh so after this accident eight lawyers and eight guardians filed a petition to put the whole remaining family in guardianship and they just drained the estate isn't that amazing I mean, wow. eight guardians and eight lawyers for a family of, like, I think it was three. Some people had two guardians. That's right. Some of the wealthier ones had, had two guardians doing this. Wow. And the oh other thing God. they would do, like, in one case, a county judge put this boy in reform school and his mother in a mental institution while the guardian sold off the land and, uh, and ate up the proceeds. So there was that kind of thing going on where yeah. women were put yeah. away to get their lands. Just unbelievable. Wow. Well, you know, when you look back through all of this, too, uh, the whole concept of this is actually centered around women, females. And yeah. it was a way to keep them from it because, of course, if a woman has any wealth, you don't have that much power and control over her, and we can't have that. And, yeah, um, right. Uh, you, you know, uh, so, but this going back seems to be the crux of the whole thing, but it somehow expanded out and everybody became a target. Everybody, yeah. if you've got anything, you're mm-hmm. a target. 
and um, you know, it just uh, I don't know, I, Marcia. I keep getting messages that are we're cutting on and off, especially me. And I've had this happen last night. And I oh, think what dear. we're going to do is yeah, close this. And, okay. Because um, I can't um, figure out have, here what's going on. Do you have on. the message? Do you have the chat room up? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you don't. Hang on, Try to hang get on. that up because that's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's up. Yeah, I quit doing Good. that some years back when we found out the show was getting hacked and they were coming in through the chat room. Oh, so, I see. That's why I, I did that. I see. Yeah, but that's been quite a long time. But you need to remind me. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I that would be that. just terrific. Yeah. So we're cutting yeah. in and out. Okay. You want to? You want to sign off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we can be talking. Well, I urge. I urge. I urge everyone to look into the uh, Osage murders that took place in in the twenties, okay. and with the guardianship. Yeah scams going on at that time in all of the tribes yeah. out there in Oklahoma because it's quite interesting and it's only because oil was found that's when it all yeah. started yeah so uh My it's God. just very interesting and I just wish I could find out more if anybody can find out more about other parts of American history where guardianship has been abused like that I would sure like to know so okay. right, Marty, tell her she'll forward to me. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just yeah. send me an email at ppj1. That's pop, pop, jump. One. At hush.com. H-U-S-H dot com. And uh, if you have any information or anything else, and we'll keep digging and looking yeah. and follow up with this. Yeah. And uh, it's see pretty amazing. I can find out what's going on here with yeah. this audio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds All right, good. everybody, thank you for tuning in. And Thanks, we Marty. will be back tomorrow night. You bet. Okay. And thank you, Marcia, so much. Good night. Yep. Sure. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.